California feeds this country, or much of it at least, and the weather in California is affecting food production this year as we are experiencing massive amounts of much-needed rain. It is time to bring in the expert and take a good long look at what this all means to us, the end consumer. An hour on organic produce, health benefits, tips, and a review of the season. That's our topic here today in this hour of an organic conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. If it's not politics, then it is the weather. That's everyone's topic right now. And we finally surrendered here at an organic conversation as well. Record rainfall ending a seven-year drought in most places throughout California has had a significant impact on our food production. In addition, we've had some great shows in recent weeks highlighting the importance of plant-based diets. Whether you eat a diet that is mostly or entirely animal product-free, Research is showing us again and again that the foundation for human health is produce. So we invited the voice of the San Francisco produce market, Mr. Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, back to the show to join us here again in the studio and talk about organic fruits and vegetables this season, what's happening and what to be aware of so we don't lose money in the grocery store. Organic produce, health benefits, tips and a review of the season. All that and more coming up in just a minute here on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and this show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com.
And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and I'm joined today here in the studio by Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market, who's delivering the What's in Season segment every week to the show, the consumer segment of how to buy it, how to choose it, how to store it, and what to do with it, the best produce item of the week. Uh, we want to talk about organic produce, the health benefits, tips, and have a review of the season and who's better suited to be that voice. Thank you, Earl, for coming in. Oh, uh, <laughs> lovely being here. Uh, I, I tell you, with all the rain we've gotten... <laughs> you drove up through the rain, actually. Yeah, but not only oh, that, the, the fields are just jumping, and the green this time of year, and the mustard, and, and of course, there's still standing <laughs> water. I mean, it's, it's it was a beautiful, beautiful drive. Yeah. And it's not even no. standing water. I've seen now fields so flooded with, with rainwater that they started to move. They're actually slow-moving rivers. Yeah. But before we dive really into, into the world of weather and how does that impact our wallet and our budget and produce overall, produce never changing or ever changing, always new. We had several shows in recent weeks, again, on plant-based diets, even though we are not a vegan or vegetarian outlet or show to promote that but there's only so much food that you can eat in a day and if that is uh, half covered by meat products or animal products you will ultimately eat less fiber less plants plant-based foods and those studies clearly came out once again that organic fruits and vegetables are the foundation of our health however much or not at all you include animal products if you don't start with a with a big diet on diversified fruits and vegetables ideally organic uh, you you will not have that foundation you've been around for 30 years how has this information changed and how did you know that when you got into this or was health not even really one of the main drivers for you to start this yeah, good. You know, I was a lot younger, so health was not necessarily the pr <laughs> a prime driver. But uh, the, the, I think there comes a time for most of us where there's some introspection. There's um, things in your life. There, there's occurrences that bring things up. And for me, uh, diet was something that came fairly early. I just was interested in what I was eating. Though growing up in Ohio, my mother was not a, a creative cook and it was very, very ordinary food that I ate. But I, I started getting interested in it. And, and that just one thing led to another. And coming out to California, did change everything. I remember I had never eaten an avocado or an artichoke. Didn't even never seen an artichoke. And just starting to integrate that into one's diet and being open to that, it, it just kind of explodes the opportunity for you. Sure. If that's your path, then whatever will come on that path, right? It's yeah. ultimately health at one point will yeah. will be added to it. But do you see now in in the past years or maybe decade a spike in people's awareness? It's I mean, mm. we are so part of this movement no that I don't have the outsider view anymore of what really has changed. Clearly, restaurants are now offering you know, farm-based fare, so in the Bay Area at least, but even health-wise, like the, the science that we now have, which was already true 50 years ago, we just hadn't proven it yet. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just because science hadn't proven it doesn't, didn't mean that it was already true for hundreds or maybe thousands of years. How ha has people's awareness, especially around organic produce from your perspective, changed? Mm -hmm. Well, it used to be a joke, no doubt about it. Very, very, very small segment alternative, if you will, hippies, however you want to look at it. I mean, in the 30 years that 
I've been at, well for longer than that, but as a wholesaler, thirty years, we've we've seen it go from a joke of being in the market saying if it's rotten, it's organic to everybody in the market has something organic now, and that's just on the market. When you go into stores, every corner store has something organic, even it's not in a fresh vegetable, it's in a it's in a uh, in a cereal or or uh, or bread, uh, eggs, milk. It is yeah. Seven Eleven has organic bananas now. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> so it, it 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 cuts through all the stratas absolutely, and and it's not even it's well. I'm sure there's still people that question it out there, but again, being out in California where we are, there's just no question at all. It is it is the fastest growing segment of of the grocery business. Um, all the periodicals I read, this is the thing that's continuing to grow and investment possibilities uh, are all over the place. It's, it's, yeah, it's very successful. I think it, well, it's obvious it's been totally integrated. I was reading something the other day was saying it's going to flip flop where stores are going for thir- uh, 70% conventional, 30% organic. They, they see that definitely flip flopping to 70 organic and 30 conventional. And these are just, these are ordinary wow. stores, not natural food stores. Does that mean you you have always made a point of educating the public, right? Earlsorganic.com, your website, recipes, really guiding people through the season, helping them navigate the best purchase. Basically, what we're, what we're doing here with the show, with your weekly telegram on how to buy it, how to store it, how to choose it, how to eat it. You can find that on your website. Do mm-hmm. you feel you have, you, you have a, a, a less need for education is, is the education level among people so high or is it still such a small slice of society that the others still need to be educated to come on board where, where, is, yeah. where is that at well we think there's this high need for education and most of i mean our audience is all over the place but we you know our business practice we're, we're talking with other produce professionals and we see a great challenge there because as the market grows the need for professionals grow and uh, generally when you have some experience Experience, you go up the ladder, if you will, you get off the floor. Sure. And so you're interfacing with a less experienced person. So we, we mm-hmm. feed a lot of information directly to our customers, our retail customers, so they can make that available. And you know how we've talked over years, you get to know your produce person. For us, we're, that's who we want to be making information available to them because those are the ones you're going to be interfacing with. Sure. And, yep. and honestly, those, I mean, the, the produce items is just fascinating to me how all of a sudden something becomes as hip as, for example, right now, avocados. Mm. Uh, over the last couple of years, before that, maybe kale because of juicing. And mm-hmm. it's just, we, we see these spikes where one produce item becomes super successful. And you gave us a, a great update on avocados. And we had the topic of avocados a couple of times on the show. How important are those Organic Plus labels, verified third-party mm. certification. We'll have a show next week with Equal Exchange, one of those third-party. It's it's not a certifier, but in this case, um, worker-owned cooperative, buyer-importer of uh, organic food, bananas and avocados, for example, as a value added to the organic going beyond addressing social justice. Mm-hmm. How much are those niche certifications or, or niche areas that are critical to be addressed now becoming part of the of the buyer's conscience. Well, that's what they are. They're now stepping into the forefront. Uh, for ourselves, the last couple of years, we've put more effort educating ourselves, putting out uh, material, holding seminars to, for ourselves and our clients 
to bring that information to them. And what it is is about uh, social justice for the people that are in uh, on the forefront, in the fields, where they have a, well, the, the fair trade portion is about having a fair money comes back to them mm-hmm. as a premium on the product. So let's say uh, normally they uh, the grower will sell uh, avocado um, zucchini for ten dollars. They'll charge eleven. That one dollar goes back to the farm, back to the farm growers. All of this is very documented. They democratically have a have a group represent them. And that money is uh, put in an account, and at, at certain periods of time, they vote on how they want to use that money, whether it's uh, opening up a school, opening up a dentist, whatever it is, they, they democratically have to agree. And the grower still has a voice in that as kind of the override of uh, making sure that they're still responsible how they want to use that money. For example, one of the grower partners we, we do business with is Cavilli Circle Produce down in uh, Sonora, uh, Mexico. And in their last season, they raised a quarter of a million dollars that now goes back to their several hundred people that work for them. And they get to use that money to any way they want to, but better their life. So what you're saying is an aspect that most people don't know of fair trade doesn't just mean a fair price Mm -hmm. for the product. It actually means that a portion of the price goes into a fund where a committee elected by the by all the growers by actually by the by the farm workers that's right farm workers yes uh, can decide what to do with that fund could be education yeah. for their kids could be yep. you know could be something completely not farm related mm-hmm. could be relief it's, uh, it's community aid. related yeah. yeah and in addition to that there are they they do have to follow through they being the grower and the facility has to have uh, meet uh, certain standards and that is cleanliness and orderliness and and shade uh, and water water and all that yeah so it's not just that money coming back it's a very organized uplifting democratic so, process so that's fair trade that um, is fair trade now what uh, how, how much do you feel that the consumer is now ready for that uh, is there interest in learning those organic plus labels organic really is deals with the production synthetic fertilizers and pesticides and so that's all organized now if we really look at the the true production but what it does not address is labor standards yeah. payment and all that and so how much are people now ready and and interested from your perspective to learn beyond organic i think people are ready uh and the and the burden is really on getting that information out to them in a way that's digestible and mm-hmm. easily uh, obtainable uh, i mean we've we've been exposed to fair trade with coffee and chocolate for a number of years yes and now what really, really spurred us on was the timing and this one grower, Covilli, everything they grow is fair trade. That's very unusual. Generally, there's certain portions of their- How many uh, crops uh, are we talking? All the summertime crops, so probably 20. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they do a wonderful job. They're excellent growers. So they're in production pretty much October through April. So uh, we felt- that that was really an opportune time to put more and more energy into it. The the two principals of their business came up, did several seminars on the West Coast, and the more information, the better. And so we've educated ourselves. There's information on our website. You, of course, uh, there's uh, uh, you know Google Fair Trade. You get all all sorts of information. It's a very positive thing. It's it is definitely. I think it's it's the time has come now. 
the, we're very global, meaning you know, food. People are enjoying food from all over the planet. Uh, it's, yeah, I do think we we feel yeah. like that the the challenges we are create overseas are coming back to bite us. Mm-hmm. So it's you know organic produces produces again a leader in this awareness movement that now includes fair trade and equal exchange to ask how can we do this better because yeah from global warming to refugees to it's all we are all part of the. Yeah, global problems, and we are part of the solution. Organic produce, health benefits, tips, and a review of the season. That's our focus here today on an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and in the studio with me is the voice, the voice that you usually hear on the phone, Mr. Earl Herrick, the founder and owner of Earl's Organic Produce. Again, the website is earlsorganic.com, where you will find recipes and many, many tools to navigate through the seasons, through the seasons of produce, organic fruits and vegetables, how to buy it, how to store it, what to do with them, what they look like and what they are and how they taste. Earl, when you mm. when you talk about fair trade and organic and now working with 700 farm worker mm, yeah. company, large Mexican grower that is now all fair trade, you keep pushing the envelope. How you have been doing this work for thirty years on a on a personal but totally related question, how do you stay personally motivated and excited? Mm-hmm. Even though produce and the weather, and we want to talk about the weather next, but it's ever-changing, It's but it's still the same topic. It's still, mm-hmm. you know, you know that tomatoes will come in July or August and they're not great at first and then they're great and then it's late season and it's still wonderful and it's it doesn't really change. And of course, it, you know, every season is different, but you seem to bring a daily excitement to your work. How do you do that? So I'm going to say being engaged, and then you say... Uh, well, that's how do you be engaged. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then <laughs> you say... <laughs> well, I'm lucky enough to be one of those people uh, that love what, what one does, what I do. And you know the old saying, when you love something you do, you never work another day in your life. And that is definitely my my case. In produce, for me, it is an ever-changing... I mean, I've been doing you know, the wholesale for 30 and 10 more years prior to that. And it is always changing. That's what allows you know, allows me to be engaged. Every year that peach tastes different. Other every year is affected by drought or rain, and every year there's other issues about it. It collides with another crop in seasonality. The the sizing changes. The prices. Our customers change. I learn more. The customers for me are. Are, are part of it too. It's grown from, I would be talking to everybody. I used to do all the buying and all the selling. So I would talk to all the growers and all my customers. And what a wonderful, beautiful thing that was. And as I, I've grown and given that portion away, now I have these almost 100 employees now and all the challenges that that arise from there. And I am also blessed with people that come to me that are totally engaged. So there, there's a chemistry that happens uh, that is creative. There's an old saying that once you have agreement, if you're working with agreement, you, there's real magic going on, and, that, and that's, how, that's how I experience it. When I sit down with my buyers and sellers and we talk about forecasting and what we're doing either for the day or for the next week or the coming season and, and the engagement that, that I experience there, that's what feeds me, and I see that it also feeds them. So it's a gr- pretty great process. But do you wake up just to uh, because if if that can be figured out and and put in a can, <laughs> uh, organic can, of course. But do you wake <laughs> up and say, 
yes, a new morning, here's my meditation, and now I'm ready to work? Or do you wake up and you're just on? You can't wait yeah. to go to work. Well, I'm one of those guys or, or people that uh, I, I've been an early riser <laughs> my whole life. I had and a, early, I, just to <laughs> verify here on the air, means like three or four in the morning. Yeah, well, yeah. well I had an early morning paper out. That's I was, late for most. That's, that's right. Like, well, that's it's not even, it's in the middle of the night. There was periods of time when I was getting up at midnight, getting down on the market because well, you wanted to get there that fast. <laughs> you know, behavior is... Learnable. Totally adaptable, yeah. learnable. I mean, all we got to do is get our, get out of our way. That is all you got to do. Now, that being said, it takes a discipline and effort to do that. But when it's supported by, you know, what awaits you, a creative process that feeds you. And luckily enough, I, I feel, I also feel physically good. So there's less restrictions. Cool. And I'm going to be disciplined and honor our underwriters because that feeds us. <laughs> Organic produce, health benefits, tips, and a review of the season with Earl Herrick, the founder and owner of Earl's Organic Produce. Earl'sOrganic.com. Check out the website in the meantime. Well, we take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is an organic conversation, and I am Helga Hellberg. <laughs> Rocking out in the studio is Helga Helberg, and this is an organic conversation, and Earl Herrick, the founder and owner of Earl's Organic Produce, and our guest today with the topic of organic produce health benefits, tips, and a review of the season. Of course, inspired by the rain, El Nino, or El Nina? No, El Nino, right? Nino. The male version, unprecedented rainfall, ending, I think, in 60% of the state of California, which had a seven-year drought. It has officially ended the drought, not quite everywhere yet, but mm -hmm. uh, definitely the San Francisco Bay Area, especially in recent weeks, almost constant rainfall. Wow, finally the rain is here, and California, at the same time, is one of the main food producers for the country, mm -hmm. or the biggest state, definitely, in food production for the entire country. There's even produced food produced in winter, and how does this all affect yeah. our food supply? Well, in the long run, it's fantastic. Of course, we've got to fulfill, we got to fill up those aquifers. and We the needed the rain, obviously. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. Fantastic. And, and you know, we could, we could have a drought starting next year again. You never know. So, but in the short run, it definitely has its problems. I mean, when you drive down the road and there's a, there's a flooded uh, orchard, or, yeah. orchard or field, 
what that means is you can't get into the field. You have to wait till it completely drains. And even then you need it to dry out to a portion before you can drive heavy equipment. Otherwise you're just tearing up the field. So there's these huge gaps. Because in, it doesn't form, right? Yeah. Like does, the, yeah. the mud, you would really literally tear it up. It tear, would just, you would, yeah, yeah the, the wheels. You can't form beds. You can't do, so you wait until it's dried out. Yeah. And then you have to you you have to get the the soil ready you you have to uh whether you're feeding the feeding it you're turning over soil or you're planting a cover crop for four yeah. weeks right i mean at yeah least. there's there's work to be done you just all of a sudden can't get out there and do that so all that time is is going on where when you don't have rain you're in there you've planted and the and the product's growing so you have Generally speaking, we're going to have a we're going to see probably in the end of April into May a real window of product that's going to be very very tight because that's going to represent the time that product was not able to get planted. So we're talking about all the row crops, all radishes and and spinach and lettuces and chards. Now we have a benefit out here where the winter crop is ending down in in Mexico and and the California crop is going to be starting but even then there's going to be a huge gap because it's been wet all over so that's in that's in a couple months you've been experiencing meaning what we will still see those products but they'll just be more expensive or they yes. will be maybe there will be a couple of weeks when there's no no chart or no there, there could be windows for a day or two, I may not have any product. That really? means that you wouldn't. That, that drastic. It could be that drastic. So if wow. that is the case, the prices will be totally off, yeah. you know, in, in, off the in, charts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm yeah, having a hard exactly. time Now, part <laughs> of, of your vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> part of the, the other evidence that supports that is that producers, processors, meaning people that are making tomato sauce and other products, they're buying fresh product because they can't get what they need. Uh-huh. So the scarcity is going to be there for it could be up to a month coming into april may so remember this when you start seeing some astronomically high prices or if you don't pay attention to that because it's produce yes this is the time to pay attention to that if there's a yeah a shortage of something it might double in price Mm -hmm. if you just put it into your cart because you don't really look what kales or you know whatever charts may cost this is the time to pay attention now, you were sharing with me earlier, um, we were talking about the weather and how it affects what, what we eat, and you were telling me about your experience with some mandarins. Yeah, that was, um, I know we had uh, one of your your citrus buyers on the show, and he was talking about waterlocked produce, and lo and behold, two days ago, I bought a Mercot mandarin, uh, mm-hmm. two actually, one was perfectly fine still. Overnight, the other one had an entire mold cap on top, yeah. and the, the, the skin was not... You know, he, he was saying if it if it gives to thumb or if you if you have a thumbprint, if mm-hmm. there's a weak spot in the skin, don't buy it. It should be extra yep. extra firm. Go for the thickest skin, the most intact skin possible. It it was a perfect mercot. It had mm-hmm. completely firm skin. I looked at that. I know I did, mm-hmm. and absolutely moldy overnight. Yeah, yeah. That is fourteen hours. That that's uh, waterlogged. Uh, with the with the amount of uh, moisture we've gotten, rain that's accumulated, the trees are totally soaked, and even and you cannot so you can't pick in the rain. Not only that, you got to wait a couple of days for the fruit to to dry out because they're totally waterlogged. So if you don't wait long enough, the fact is you can't wait long enough because you can't not go out there and pick. So there's going to be a certain amount of fruit mm-hmm. that gets in the box that gets it shipped. Shouldn't. 
Yeah, that shouldn't, because a lot of times you can't tell until those couple days. Yeah, it looked intact. I mean, yeah. the skin did not show any blemishes. What do you do in that case? When, I mean, this was, you know, an 80 cent mm-hmm. dollar Mercot. Yeah, well, part of, I want to identify it for you. Most of that is is clear rot. And so it's picked and it just it starts to form on the piece of fruit. You can't even see it. But what do you On the what, stem end, right? And, had, mostly exactly. on the stem, but it can happen anywhere oh, yeah. because fruit, uh, the citrus is packed so tight, they rub up against each other they can get bruised and jostled uh, what you do so can you cut it off then are you saying it's not coming from the inside could you just cut that piece off and eat the rest or well it, you could if you catch it real early but even uh-huh. then the the citrus is is so you know it's liquid uh-huh. so yeah. it's not it's not sure. yeah it's it's you not going to be segregated it, right? like that do the, you bring it back to the store well you know Good question. I don't think so. I think what you need to do is be smart enough to buy very little, shop more frequently, and keep it in the refrigerator. Do not keep it out on your counter because that will decay immediately. Oh, you're right. He's Rodrigo said that yeah. the buyer. Yeah. So if you buy citrus, put it right in the fridge, and I didn't overnight. But yeah. overnight, I mean, that's amazing, yeah. and not just a little. There was a yeah. you know, mushroom cap of mold on it in 12 hours. Unbelievable. That's you could have stood there and watched it. Yeah, that that's sure. that's a little unusual, yeah. no doubt. The um, but I didn't put it in the fridge. Yeah. So what you got to do is part of what, what you're doing when you're when you're looking at the product on the on the count on the on the racks to buy is to really look at it, pick it up, and and feel it all around because generally there is a soft spot that is starting to develop. So a lot of times it's up around the stem. Uh, you just got to really take a look, and, and rather than buy a dozen mandarins, buy three or four, uh-huh. and then and put them in the fridge, and put them in the you fridge, and, and, and enjoy them right away. The, well, the flavor also gets affected. They're they're not as sweet. They're a little more tart. Their their flavor isn't as tense, as intense and concentrated. That's all about uh, them being waterlogged. Cool. So that's, that's citrus. What else? What's what else is out there where people should really be aware of? You know, prices can be high. Uh, all, all the greens, anything that's being harvested uh, daily out of the field, we call them row crops. So anything from cauliflower, broccoli, the chards and kales, all that product, one, um, it's going to be a shortage. Two, many times the quality is um, not as good because it's coming out of uh, fields that have been buffered by weather, whether it's uh uh, rain, whether it's high winds, and that's what you get in the winter. So it gets a little torn up. So be forgiving if you can. And and how, how long will this last? Because the, the the interesting thing is California is usually the first state to produce, maybe mm-hmm. with Arizona down there, yep. whatever. But yep. And then so the rest of the country will pick up at one point. Yep. But before that, there's this overlap of California, maybe Arizona, product maybe texas that mm-hmm. that helps florida if if that now has a shortage already due to the weather mm-hmm. the rest of the country will be even affected more and will start later yes. it seems like it's a how long will we see this throughout the entire summer no no generally it's only for a couple months because or, or at, the, at the most generally it's a couple weeks maybe stretching some commodities up to a month but generally just a couple weeks because every it picks up at one point. Well, yeah, because you're going to have different areas, Georgia, the Carolinas, different uh-huh. areas that are starting production that have pockets of warmth and not too waterlogged. Um, little areas people can get in there and plant and get their and get their cycle going again. But out here in Mexico, the cycle's been interrupted with the weather, which is not 
completely unusual, but we're going to see it a little more drastic because we got we have more days uh, that you couldn't get into the field. So March, April, definitely, maybe into yep. May. Just yeah. watch out. I would say April, May. Yeah. April, May. Watch out. Uh, smaller amounts. Mm -hmm. Keep things in the fridge more. Yep. And try new try new stuff. You know, look at the prices. Definitely look at the prices. Ever. Yeah, but many times uh, our 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 news will inform us of uh, of the skyrocketing prices. But yeah, watch out. Things will get expensive. It's that whole thing: supply and demand. Demand is very steady, even even jacks up, so that drives the price. Organic produce, health benefits, tips, and a review of the season. I'll focus here today on an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg, and I'm speaking here in the studio with Earl Herrick, the founder and owner of Earl's Organic Produce. Uh, Earl'sOrganic.com, the website, the premier organic fruits and vegetable supplier for the widest Bay Area. Actually, beyond at this point, right? How far do you? Yeah, well, we're, we go all over the California, uh, Northern California. We Reno. Get in, yeah, we get into Reno. Um, and certain certain products we will ship cross-country. Uh, we get some peaches out there, some, some tomatoes, some growers that we deal with directly. Or, or exclusively, I should say, and they have productions that we we need to get out of the out of the area because competition out here in the season is is extraordinary. There's a lot of products, so the way to get that money that the grower needs, you got to expand the market beyond the area, which is great, and that's a great segue. Um, the farmer, you work with lots of smaller scale farmers, mm -hmm. um, all the way from what ten to hundred acres, maybe not the ten yep. thousand acres or five thousand acres of one crop. Correct. And uh, we just both came back from the annual EcoFarm conference. Yeah, it's this gathering of educators and lots of farmers, food producers, anyone really in the entire supply chain including you know distributors such as yourself and even retail stores mm -hmm. everyone in the in the food movement professionals mostly gather in Asilomar in Monterey every year uh, this was i think 37 or something 37 almost, yeah right. almost 40 years now Third week in of January. making uh, 1600 or so people for four mm -hmm. days five days to hear workshops and talks mm -hmm. It's great to know that new farmers at least here in California and in the widest bay area are growing and more, more and more getting into growing. And I think that's true. It's a trend for the U.S. I don't know to what degree exactly per state or per, per region, but we are at an agricultural farming crisis. We have lots of old-timers who started this movement retiring, mm -hmm. um, well-known farms, leaders of this movement. Young farmers are coming. Do you see they are coming in, in fair numbers, in, in enough of a of a demand for finding land and wanting to be a farmer what are you seeing and what how can we stimulate this further that that's that's a great question i, I right now i don't have the perspective to say for sure i'm, I'm definitely encouraged by what i see at the eco farm especially influx of young people not all of them are growers they're they're in the industry in in different stages you know being in cal in san francisco we're seeing all sorts of startups that are not growers but on the grower side, like, I do, like what? What are you seeing? Oh, we're seeing juicing companies, yeah, and juicing companies, and, and direct deliveries and home deliveries to oh. offices. All sorts of uh, meals being delivered. It's, so the demand is clearly rising. No doubt about it. Growing. No doubt about it. So the so we are at a point. We have. I think it comes and goes where we have a, 
the demand outstrips the supply, and then it kind of goes the other way. Supply uh, drives up, demand stays steady, demand grows, supply goes down. So it's this, this interesting a dynamic of growth where we finally reached the point where there's little doubt that this is a successful endeavor. There's little doubt about that. So the the organic movement, you say. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the challenge is to create production, but we want to keep it. We want to maintain the integrity of it. And there are times where larger growers they feel a need that they need to use certain restricted materials to, to do the job that they feel they need to do where the smaller grower that I deal with absolutely doesn't need to. And so there's that struggle that goes on. Um, because they, what, we revert to labor techniques, like more, labor more tech- work? More- yeah, this is not as as mechanized, uh-huh. and, and it's not such a huge endeavor. They're mo- a little more hands-on. Um, I'm, there's a, there's t- a couple young men down in Goleta, which is just north of uh, Santa Barbara, which is a great gr- a historically organic growing area. And these two gentlemen have taken over a farm that yeah, I Yeah, we had him on the show, right? What's yeah, his name? Jack. Yeah, exactly. And his partner, Jeff. Elwood Farms. Elwood Farms, exactly. And, and Shout he, out. Yeah, and these guys are doing a great job. And, and they've uh, committed themselves. We're, we're partners with them. And so, I'm, you know, that's very encouraging to me. The guy that got me into the business back in the 70s, his son is now uh, a grower and also a, a fermenter. He makes... Uh, uh, sauerkraut and other fermenter, fermented products. So there's there's a lot going on out there. But on the other hand, there are people retiring. There are people that are passing on that that have done done their due diligence and they're and they're moving on. And so, there are these crazy statistics, right? That in the next ten years, the average age of the U.S. farmer, family yeah. farmer, is fifty eight or fifty nine. Yeah, basically sixty years old. So we know that in the next ten years, retirement age or not, they will not be farming anymore. Yeah, even if they can't afford to retire at seventy, you're not going to be out there in the field. So out no. of the two million existing farmers that we have in this country roughly half will at least reach retirement age, if not retire. That's a massive amount of food producers, half of our production in the country. What would it take to compensate even a portion of that? Like what, or are you seeing enough movement to replace 1 million farmers? (laughs) I mean, the land even that becomes available, will we hold that in agriculture, right? Or will it become developed? And where will our food come from then? It's just it's an it's a crisis that is not being talked about anywhere really. Incredibly weighty weighty uh, questions, yeah. no doubt about it. Uh, you know, I we are reaching a point where the whole distribution, growing, allocating of land, um, does it go in a trust? Uh, how do we protect it? How do we ensure the, the integrity and the safety of our food and our land? You know, these are huge questions. I don't have those answers. We know from our end, I absolutely require the partnerships of, of growers and requiring meaning that what feeds my soul. That's what we do. We're continually looking for that because the, the partnership is really what drives everything. And I mean, we can do a great job, but unless we find people that appreciate that or that we are in fact connecting with and, and confirm that we're doing their good job, then it's it's almost fruitless, um, literally. Yeah, literally. So it, I, I go back to what we talked about earlier is about being engaged. So you know we look for whether it's retailers or farmers that are that level of engagement. Of course, farmers are 
because they are <laughs> they are on the line, we look to engage more retailers, that other middle person, that other middle function to really do the job of educating themselves and getting the food out to everybody. Mm. So the, the consumer in this as a co-creator, as a co-producer even, uh, has a huge voting right, of course, with their dollar every week, right? Mm, exactly. What What would you hope for? What are you hoping to see on the consumer level? What can somebody do listening to the show now? How much more engaged can mm -hmm. somebody who is already buying organic become more, more involved? Well, I, I think you, you, you become a squeaky wheel. And what I mean is that is become vocal. You, my son and I were talking the other day, we we're talking finances and, and he's not full, full-time employed. He's, he's still, uh, uh, being an athlete and training and, and we're talking about finances. He says, well, dad, but when it comes down to food, I want to continue to, uh, vote with my money on, on, with, on my, my diet and who I support. And I said, absolutely. I'm, I'm there you know, helping, you know, subsidize your, your, your desire to eat organic. That's what we do. So you ask for the food, you ask for local food and you, and you follow the due diligence of, is it organic and is it certified? I think again, you get more and more engaged, whether it's at a farmer's market, whether it's a you pick uh, or your, or, or your corner store, you get engaged and ask for what you want uh, and, and get creative with them. Meaning for us, we've been doing some seminars with retailers where we bring in growers and we educate them. The, uh, we did that with the Fair Trade. Uh, we did that with some equal exchange you people. You growers. Yeah. Uh -huh. cool. And so there definitely are people that are out there very hungry for that. We see that just by the popular um, farmer, the popularity of farmer markets across the, across the country. And that is something really is only 25, 30 years old. I remember there was a day when the first ones came up and whoa, how about that? Isn't that a good idea? And now they're all over the place. So for me, it's about getting engaged with your food. Uh, it's real easy to go and get a takeout. It's, I think it fills your soul, soul to get together, even if it's by yourself, and, and take that time and fix a meal, and that enjoyment goes way beyond just the nutrition. It, it really feeds you being engaged in that way. And actually, I'm, I'm, I'm making 2017 the year of uh, no sugar, no animal products, and no plastic packaging. All right. It's, it's been hard, but <laughs> the money I've been saving is ridiculous. It was It's an unplanned benefit that I did not see coming. If you yeah. really just buy two or three produce items, I bought some radishes the other day. They were you know $2 or $1.60, and that was my breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I, that was delicious and yeah. filled me up and felt amazing in my body. I'm losing a little bit of weight. I feel totally fit. Mm -hmm. I'm saving a hell of a lot of money, yeah. not eating processed or takeout in a way. Yep. Uh, no sugar. And uh, yeah, amazing. So it's absolutely it can be done in your region if if yeah. that's you know if you have a natural food store around the corner you save money and it's supporting this movement of course more directly than well, you know because I'm talking with everyone about it and people are like really <laughs> how and why and I want to try that and you're also for a week and, and you're demonstrating it just by right. your who you are <laughs> well you know it's interesting we run around we want to be uh, you know uh, doing things and being involved and and running all over the place. I'll tell you though, slow down a bit, you know, take time to st uh, stroll in your neighborhood and go to the market and come home and fix some food and, and get to know your neighbors. I mean, that is what's going to fill your soul. 
That's what I recommend doing. Organic Produce, health benefits, tips, and a review of the season with Earl Herrick, the owner and founder of Earl's Organic Produce. That's earlsorganic.com for recipes, produce tips, and lots of navigational tools to make it through the season of what you actually see and how to buy it, how to store it, how to shop for it, and how to eat it. What would you tell a farmer today mm. if, if a young person, or a not yet farmer, if a person was interested in going into agriculture as their career? I would say uh, make sure that you have your bases covered and not only that you know how to grow something, but the business aspect of it. Know the cost of uh, producing what you want to grow and also understanding the market that is available and that will help you decide what, what you're going to grow. You may not want to grow zucchini because everybody else is going to have zucchini the same time you are. So, uh, Uh, understand the market by either talking to stores, or jump into the business, meaning if you're a grower, there's all those avenues that uh, are attached to your business, whether it's farmers markets, whether it's retailers, whether it's wholesalers, it, it, everybody eats and find out how people are getting their food and are they getting what they want. Uh, I, I say follow your passion. Uh, if you, when, when growers come to me and say, what would you like me to grow? And I go, what would you like to grow? Uh, what do you enjoy growing? And also what part, what part of the country are you in? What, what uh, you know, talk to your ag advisors and they can tell you that the, the ground is, is, uh, more acclimated to grow something than, than something else. So find your passion with that, but do not forget the real mathematics and the economics of what you're doing. You got to be making money. It's fascinating that you are have become a clearinghouse of that kind of information for the growers, the consumers, and even the retail stores, as you're saying, mm -hmm. uh, which usually would be done by a governmental agency or something. Uh, I wonder if there's any other outlet. Just You're almost brokering that information, right, between mm -hmm. retail store, grower, and consumer of, of where this clearinghouse and brokerage of... I mean, if growers or wannabe growers call you and say, what should I grow? And then you go out and educate retail stores. That's a powerful position. I, I guess or so. Or a lot of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, though it doesn't really seem that way when you're in it, right? What, you know, <laughs> one of the things about having growing areas close to metropolitan areas, you have that uh, where the rubber meets the road, if you if you sure. will. I mean, you're right there. You you drive by it. You you take a weekend. Yeah. You're walking through the orchard. So, you know, it's about kind of giving yourself over to that. Uh, growers love to be engaged. I mean, they love to see people eat what they grow. I mean, how fulfilling could that possibly be? Um, In this otherwise totally disconnected food system, right, where yeah. a truck comes, loads your tomatoes, and you have no idea if, where they will show up, yeah. in what form, in what can, like who cares, right? Exactly. This is, this is really different. You're putting a, or we, we are all putting a face back on the carrot, yeah. so to say. And it doesn't have to be this great, uh, you know, this, you have to change your, you know, your, your, your life. Uh, you can do it. There's, there is so much time that we have. We really do. Uh, stop a little bit rather than go to the mall on a weekend, take a little drive and go to the farm or at least the farmer's market. It's right down the road generally. It's, it's hard for me to say some things because I'm so involved in it. It's, it's, it's everywhere <laughs> sure. I look, uh, you know, 
part of it for me too was what what's kept me in this business were the people that were involved in the organic movement. Uh, the growers had integrity. They they had nothing to hide. Come walk my fields. Uh, you know, breaking bread with them, staying on their property, sleeping out in the orchard. For me, it was a, it was a, a no no doubter from the very beginning. The, the people part of it, and it continues to be that way. The growers that I meet that are engaged in this way are precisely what you want to be involved in: engaged individuals. Mm-hmm. We are basically out of time. Amazing, fascinating hour. But what's your produce item of the week in 30 seconds or less? Well, what are you berries. eating? Right? Berries? Berries, berries, berries. Now, the weather <laughs> the, the weather impacts them big time. But, you know. What's, like what? What's, Straw? Strawberries, mostly because, well, right now you can, there's raspberries and blueberries grown under hoops. And so they're protected. Huh. It's a very, you know, primitive sort of way, but it, it definitely does effective, the job. Yeah, yeah. You know, effective, yeah. They, effective. They I mean, good. Yeah. Uh, the blueberries right now we're finally going to see or organic uh blueberries grown in california year round with with this with the with the use of the hoops so for me raspberries and blueberries blackberries and strawberries in spring this is really archetypical of the advent you know the the heralding of spring is berries even with that much rain strawberries are not totally water no because they 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 respond incredibly quickly really uh you know within within two or three days you're back out there but uh the strawberries are the one that takes the biggest beating so the blueberries the blueberries are really the one that are that are stronger there's a little more production now and they're under hoops which allows them to be available to you enjoy blueberries now cool california Berries, California berries, blueberries, strawberries. Nice. <laughs> Who would have known? I thought rain definitely washed out the strawberry crop. But well, no, yeah, the strawberries, quite. you're right. It, that definitely impacts them. And so... Um, but it's not hopeless. No, but you get a couple <laughs> You get a couple clear days and strawberries are out there again. Thank you, Earl. That's Earl <laughs> Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, earlsorganic.com, the site health benefits, tips, and a thorough review of the season, and so much more. Wonderful to have you here. Great talking Total to you. Total pleasure. Yeah. Be back soon. Yes. Take care. Be careful out there. Yeah. And that sums up this hour of an organic conversation, an entire hour on organic produce, so needed and so timely. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much for listening. This is an organic conversation, and I'm Helge Helberg. An Organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate Producer, Kristen Ponger. The show is made possible through the fantastic support of our underwriters, Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or the culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. Thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at Earl's Organic. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, 
family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And Batiste Rum, the first eco-positive rum of the Caribbean. Ask for Batiste Rum at Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and other fine retailers. More information at batisterum.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. For more episodes and our podcasts, go to anorganicconversation.com. And of course, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash an organic conversation. Our Twitter handle is Talk Organic, and we're also on Instagram. I'm Helge Helberg, host and executive producer of An Organic Conversation, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening.